0: My name is AJ Sharp, and for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. While Susie Warren-Smith is away, I'm hosting the show, and I'm joined again by my lovely guest presenter, Els Hale. Um, She is a professionally trained chef, uh, Westminster Kingsway College Illuminus, where she studied pastry, bakery, and confectionery. She's also a bit of a foodie influencer. And you can find her on TikTok and Instagram, hopefully, if the Instagram gods are being helpful. Under Elle's house. So hello, Elle's. Welcome back on the show. Hi, thanks for having me back. You've had a bit of a nightmare with your Instagram, haven't you?
1: Yeah. So I previously owned a bakery and in that time built up quite a decent following for myself. At the end of 2022, decided to close it and transfer to an influencer account, which has now been hacked and suspended indefinitely. It got hacked by somebody else, didn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. So So now currently in a slow process of trying to gain that back.
0: I think it's an interesting, though, because it's something that happens to people more often than you would think. And yeah. there isn't really very much tech support to sort it out, is there?
1: No, they really don't make it easy for you at all. You can't talk to a human or a robot, nothing, just round in circles.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but you can still be found on TikTok where you still have a huge following on there, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I can be on there as Elle's House. Elle's House. Cool. So check that out. Now, this week's show is all about plant-based alternatives with a difference, which I know is a special area of interest for Elle's. What is it you like about plant-based alternatives?
1: So I think it started quite a while ago. I've never really been a meat eater throughout my life. I then was a vegetarian for seven years. I did stop when I went to culinary school just so I could learn as much as possible while I was there. But in the process, I also voluntarily cut out dairy, which when I then tried to reintroduce it, my body had already adjusted and didn't really like the change. So ever since then, both myself and my partner have just been more like flexitarian, but also actively choosing more vegan and plant-based alternatives just as a lifestyle choice. So it's, it's always nice to see when there's actually a good alternative out there. And we've got some brilliant experts
0: in the show, in the studio today. We have Charlotte Stevens from La Marjorie. Hello, Charlotte. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really lovely to see you. And Steve Swindon from Love Satan. Satan likes Braytown. Hello.
2: Hello there. Nice to see you.
0: Nice to see you. So let's start with Charlotte. Can you tell me a little bit about
3: La Fomagerie for anyone who doesn't already know about your brilliant brand? Uh, yeah, so we are four years old, so we're still quite a young business. I um, I run the business with my sister, Rachel. Uh, she's looking after the Pomeranians today. And uh, yeah, we started in, um, in Brixton uh, four years ago in a... I want to call it a shop. It was like a shed. It was like a tiny little pop-up <laughs> shed. Um, and that was really just to test the market and see if anyone cared about vegan cheese as much as uh, my sister and I did. Um, so we uh, we became the, the UK's first vegan cheesemonger. monger. Um, and I think the world's first vegan cheesemonger? I don't... Must be. Yeah, I mean, I have done some Googling and there's like a couple of cafes and things in New York that had a vegan cheese fridge, but never, I don't, I couldn't really find a dedicated... I'm I'm claiming it, I'm claiming it. I I think you should. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) world's first vegan cheesemonger, there you go. Uh, Cheesemonger being a seller of cheese, or do you make it as well? So, at the beginning, we were just selling um, because we we started with our own sort of um, personal savings, really. So, again, just testing the market, seeing if anyone actually gave any kind of a, a, a yeah crap about big <laughs> cheese um and my sister and I became a bit obsessed i was vegetarian and lactose intolerant my sister was trying to be vegan um but uh and she was a vegetarian or vegan chef for a local charity in south south london and she was she was just one of these people that if she'd had a bad day she would just come home with like an entire block of cheddar and just eat it while watching TV. And I was like, "You, this can't be healthy for you. But um, she was just cheese obsessed. So she really, really struggled to give up cheese. And yeah, we just started looking for all these different vegan cheeses and we found the more artisanal stuff that you couldn't get in the supermarkets. And it was just such a difference in quality. And then we just found that every weekend we were spending like three or four hours you're going to Nettle Market and and Vine Street Market and Broadway. And we were like, we're spending our entire lives going across London to pick up cheese. There's got to be a better way. Um, So that's where the idea for a a shop that brought it all together um, came from. And yeah, we started with this sort of pop-up contract. um, Mm -hmm. Again, just testing the market. And within, um, I think it was within three or four days, we were in the newspapers, we were in the Telegraph, um, we were on the BBC, we were getting like threats from lobbying groups i think i remember this yeah everyone get very excited about how you couldn't
0: call yourself a cheese mongery or something like that
3: yeah it was it was really weird because we didn't have any notice on that but the the lobbying group literally just went to the telegraph before even contacting us so the first thing i heard of it was um i think a friend of mine called me and was like did you know that you are like an entire full page spread um page three of the times is just you a picture of you holding some vegan cheese and i was (sighs) like what? I'm <laughs> in mean, the Times, but it was every newspaper picked it up and everyone got very excited. And, it, and did were you
0: worried about that or were you kind of going, actually, all publicity is good publicity? At,
3: at first, we were like, oh, my God, no, we, we're going to. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in, in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Uh, but then reading about it, I thought, you know, it's it's so petty um, that I thought if I have to get up on a ladder and scribble out the S in Cheesemonger and replace it with a Z to make a billion pound lobbying group happy, like I'll do it, but the business is still, you know, we're still selling vegan cheese. (laughs) So who was the lobbying group? Uh, They're called Dairy UK and uh, they are very, very, well-funded and very large and very corporate and very much against very much against yeah any and kind plant of plant-based um, alternative exactly yeah yeah so um uh, they they threaten any plant based plant based business in the uk really so um i know most of the businesses that we work with got a, a threatening letter before they'd even sold their first cheese wow um so they obviously are very on it in terms of as soon as a business is registered in the uk they get a threatening letter but i think because we were called la Faux marjorie and i didn't categorize us as a cheese business. I or no, I didn't categorize us as a, a vegan business or a plant-based business. I categorized mm. us as a cheese business. So I kind of got through their filters accidentally. Yeah. So we actually registered the business, opened a month later, started selling, and then they caught up to us a couple of days in. Um, so we uh yeah, we we were already open at that point. So yeah, it turned into a, a really good thing for us publicity wise. Yeah. And since then we've kind of kept the stance of, well, it's silly if we're forced by a European court to change to being cheese monger or chias monger or something like that. Yeah. It's not really going to make a difference to how we operate and, you know, um, how we trade. And it's not going to make a difference to our customers. And I kind of, I always sort of make the comparison of the consumer doesn't come into us and, and ask for vegan cheese with a Z. They just ask for vegan cheese or they yeah. ask for plant-based cheese and consumers don't go into supermarkets and say, you know, excuse me, which aisle is the oat juice drink in? They yeah. just say oat milk. Consumers use that. That's that's the language that we use. So it's, it's this corporate kind of lobbying that's happening in the background that isn't really affecting how consumers um, perceive things and how consumers shop. So we're just kind of ignoring it, really, until it, um, you know, I think in a few years' time, they're, they're going to drop the argument because they are probably going to invest in plant-based, you know, these lobbying groups are going to change tune and buy up a couple of plant-based um, sure. uh, businesses, and then they're going to use the words, you know, milk and, and cheese. But until then, we're just going to carry on operating as, as normal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, at the time, I was terrified.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mm. bet you were.
3: Gosh, what a what an exciting start to this yeah. business.
0: <laughs> and Steve, can you tell me a little bit about Love, Satan?
2: So, Love Satan was started in 2017. Uh, I started it with a friend of mine, Nick, and um, we were making Satan in his kitchen. Uh, Just going back a bit, actually, our previous idea was to we wanted to start a takeaway food van business based on making Satan with some sauces, and um, we were doing the taste tests in his kitchen. In the summer of 2017 and we both had a bit of a light bulb moment and said why don't we just make the seitan and then we did some research and nobody was selling seitan really in in to the masses there was a couple of businesses around um uh, one quite high profile temple of Satan in east london uh they just i think they just don't well they were just about to open their first what restaurant what is satan? so seitan is a wheat based uh vegan meat alternative it's been around for 1500 years. It's uh, wheat based. Yeah. So um, traditionally how seitan would have been made, you'd make a dough from normal wheat flour and you'd rinse the dough under running water and that would rinse the starch out and leave the gluten behind, which you then poach basically. These days you you buy something called vital wheat gluten, which is a flour that's already had the starch removed. It's about 80 or 90% gluten. Okay, so it
0: is gluten then. It is in gluten. Essence. Yeah, that's right. what
2: that's what gives. It. And it's interesting. Um, we can talk about that actually. Uh, you know, obviously gluten has you know gets it's, a bad it's rep. Out, these it's days, out there. Yeah, it. it does get a bad bad rep. You look at most <laughs> vegan meat products. The ones with the best texture have always got wheat protein in them. Yeah, it's like it just you can get kind of close with soy, but most of them are wheat, soy, or wheat pea blends. Mm. Um, it's the only, yeah. in my experience, the only one that gives it that. You want you want to get a springiness and a chewiness without it being rubbery. Mm, yeah, um, and that's the key uh, that we've cracked with making Satan in bulk. I mean, we we have so in the early days we were selling direct to the public at um, vegan events. Generally, uh, we started at Tooting Vegan Festival in uh, August twenty seventeen. We get people coming and say, oh, I've tried to make Satan at home and uh, it hasn't worked. And it either comes out as rubber or it just falls apart. And and it's a very um, – it's a simple product ingredients-wise, but it's very sensitive to how you combine things and the temperature you do things for and how how hard you knead it and how long you need it for. And um, and that was something that's – we've cracked that now. We obviously make it in a large factory. Yeah. We, um, so we're making it in a domestic kitchen for – uh, about uh, nine months. Then we moved into a, a bigger... It was an industrial kitchen, but it was still a bigger version of a domestic kitchen, making it on stovetops. And then we got some investment in June 2018. And then we as part of that, we moved it into a production, into a factory. So I'll never forget, the. we went up to the factory with our ingredients and... Um, they make the product, and it's got to cool overnight. And we went in there the next morning, fingers crossed, is this going to work? Because we had no idea if it was going to work. And it was it was great, it did work. We were really had. lucky.
0: Oh, fantastic. Um, and you brought some here yes. for us to have a look at. What, what, are we, what am I looking at here? It smells so,
2: lovely. So what we have, we have a chicken as in C-H-Y-K-N. Okay, uh, love chicken it. Chicken flavour as a madras. Uh, and that's our shredded chicken product. We we sell the actually shredded, uh, ready to go.
0: And it looks it looks quite protein dense. Has it got protein?
2: Yeah, it? it has. So seitan is about 30% protein. So it's okay. similar protein to chicken, but much lower in fat.
0: How is it similar or different to some of the big challenger brands out there, like La Vie or this?
2: There's some amazing products out there. Um, and uh, those brands are focused on copying meat directly yeah. and they do it extremely well. If you want a meat-like experience but not have animals involved, you know, you haven't got to look very far. Mm. We come at it from a different route. So seitan is a traditional product, so it's been around for 1,500 years and it just happens to have a meat-like texture. It's not going to be as close a copy as some of those, but it's much simpler yeah, the nutritional listing, the deck is very clean, so it's only about five or six ingredients, depending on the uh, on the. Well, that's beer, a big beer.
0: factor, isn't it? With, yeah, um, with kind of plant-based alternatives. That's right. Yeah. The plant-based yeah, forum. There's it was one of the big themes. with yeah, How the pro- many ingredients are exactly, there? Exactly.
2: Yeah, and 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 not not just how many is whether the ingredients are are recognisable and yeah. nutritionally. You know, healthy.
0: Yeah, it's something where Biff's has done very well.
2: Yeah, they they
0: just make their kind of chicken alternatives from jackfruit. Jackfruit, yeah, and they have very few ingredients on. Yeah,
2: so Biff's a very good friend of mine, actually. In fact, he in his early days he started off. He had restaurants, and he's he was a client of ours and became a friend. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, they're doing phenomenal things with jackfruit now.
0: I saw him last month. We were on a um a panel for one of the kind of bread and jam events. It was really good. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, really fun. And then this one here in so the this, middle.
2: This is um, a satay um, sort of skewered um, chicken, again, our chicken product cooked, just sort of slightly burnt off and with a in a satay sauce. Do you
0: want to try that one else? Yeah, I'll give that one a go. Give that one a go. And Charlotte, do you want to I, give it yeah, a try? Yeah, I've been staring at this for a while. Yeah, <laughs> please do. I'm not going to try the satay one because I'm a bit funny with peanuts. I might try the madras one, actually, while you guys mm. are trying that one what are your initial thoughts? Everyone's gone quiet. That's usually a good sign, isn't it? That's
1: lovely. That's really, really nice.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love the
1: flavour. And like you were saying about the texture as well, that a lot of the other brands try and imitate meat. And personally, as someone that voluntarily stopped eating meat, not just out of a conscientious reason, but I just don't particularly like it very much. The fact that so many brands try and imitate it so sort of, even down to the redness and using beetroot for blood, that doesn't appeal to me because I'm not eating meat for more than just it's an animal. I just don't like it. So to actually have something that's got the protein, that's got the flavour, but isn't exactly trying to copy meat is really nice.
2: Yeah, Mm. good. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a place. So I'd I'd position us more alongside tofu and tempeh and jackfruit as the traditional meat replacements that, that have been around forever. I mean, Um, that
0: tastes, it's got, it has got an interesting texture. You know, it's not chicken, but there is something very chicken-like about it. It's chewy, it gives, but there is still a consistency to it where you can see the chunks and they've all taken the sauce really nicely. Mm. What did you think, Charlotte?
3: Um, I went in for seconds, So uh, yeah, (laughs) no, No, I I think it's really good. I'm um, similar to to you, Els, where... I I gave up meat voluntarily. I mean I'm uh, you know if I was going to choose a reason as to why I'm vegan it would be probably animal rights before mm. uh, anything else but obviously the environmental impact as well. But I always say when you know when people ask me how difficult was it to go vegan and and you know and, and I can see my sister who was cheese obsessed and she would come home many many years ago and she would cook like chicken livers and she loved uh, like black pudding and I remember growing up and she was always eating these like to me, even as a child, I was like, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. I am not a meat person at all. So it was always really easy for me as a v- to go vegan because yeah. I was already kind of I just didn't like You're it anyway. already there emotionally. I mean, yeah. So I feel a bit, you know, when people are like, that's fat they're just so so brave of you to go vegan. I'm a bit <laughs> like I'm just very lazy vegan, to be honest. It was really no yeah. difference for me. Um, but I'm not a big fan of the meat alternate, you know, the really, really meaty ones. Mm. Um and some of these like sort of like beyond meat and yeah and mm -hmm. i've even tried um i used to live in singapore and um i was living in singapore when the impossible burger hit yes Mm. and uh you know everyone was very excited and um it's weird because people were crazy excited even though singapore isn't vegan at all but we queued up and we had the impossible sort of burger sandwich from i think was park cafe and i bit into it and i was like this is me this, this mm. It meat. was too meat-like. For it, you. it was, yeah. and, and I was with my meat-eater friend, who was like, "Oh yeah, this is this." I is really meat. like it. Yeah. Yeah, and she she even said we should complain because they've given us the wrong order Um, they've given us the meat version so we she had a hand up like ready to complain to the waiting staff and I googled it and I was like wait stop 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 it's supposed to look like this it it does have red in it and it it really is it actually sort of almost bled didn't it when you bit into mm -hmm. it yeah it looks exactly like it kind of has a raw meat layer in it and a bit too much for me but my meatiest friend you know she loved it I'm more on the. I love tofu. Uh, big Satan fan. Um, we're actually really near. Our, our, our manufacturing site is right near um, Temple of Satan, right. so it's our go-to. Like you know, we're working late. We're getting Temple of Satan burgers. So yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Amazing. And and this last one here that you've brought.
0: In. So this
2: is our breaded burger again. It's a. It's our chicken flavored seitan in the uh, in the center um and it's breaded and we've just heated those up in the oven so we do those as a burger and we do um we do some bites as well which are cubes and that and and unfortunately I, I didn't have any to bring down but i thought this is near as i can get it because it, it's a hugely popular product our bites
0: oh, amazing right i'm gonna dig in have a try of that you. one
2: how's this made so we have Dry ingredients, which is our um, vital wheat gluten, nutritional yeast, uh, gram flour, uh, which is the base, and then we add, depending on the flavour, we add herbs and spices, uh, and then we mix that with water. And we do have, we do use a natural soy-free soy sauce flavouring. We used to have soy sauce in our products uh, originally, but um, we started to um, sell into large manufacturers, and they are mm. predominantly soy-free. So we um, we mix the wet and the dry and we make a dough and the dough is um, forced into, um, you can see here, one of our logs. I mean, these would have been made in huge logs, sort of uh, about a metre long, about nine centimetres. Oh, see. This and log
0: then, looks a little bit like something you might pick up in a French market. It's definitely yeah. not <laughs> vegan, sort of, you know, a little bit like a pepperami or a song. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: yeah, it is It is quite sausage-like, yeah. I mean, you can eat it all straight from the packs. So there's a bit like a deli meat product. Mm.
0: All right. it's, it's really fascinating. I really love the way that plant-based food has come on in so many leaps and bounds. And there's a kind of a bravery now, isn't there? Exactly what you're saying, which isn't, let's just replicate meat and get it as close to meat as possible. But actually, this is a really useful protein alternative. Throw it into your stir-fries, put it in your yeah. casseroles, You don't actually need to know that this is a chicken alternative or a sausage alternative. This can just be the protein I'm putting into this Mm. dish.
2: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. There is a strong need, though, to contextualise the food so somebody knows what to do with it. It's because
0: we've been brought up that way, isn't it? And, you know, for me, I'm a conscious consumer. I, I don't eat a lot of meat. I eat meat from really good sources where I know where it's come from. But if I've got friends coming round and, you know, I've got lots of friends who are vegan or plant based or however they like to identify themselves. And it's it's easier for me to go, oh, I'll get some burgers because I know what to do with burgers or, you know, I know what to do with this chicken alternative. Whereas actually, if you're you know presented with a, a square of tempeh or soya, it can be quite daunting, can't it? You make some cheeses now. Can you tell me a little bit about your range? I mean, presumably, you've got kind of cheddar alternatives and things. I mean, do you have anything... I mean, my favourite cheese in the world is a mozzarella. But you can't make that plant-based, can you?
3: So, this is... It, it's, a, it's a difficult one because... If i was to say cheese i mean it depends who you're talking to you speak to an italian person versus an english person versus a french person it's almost like a completely different food yeah. you know i mean a burrata is very different to a cheddar is very different to a stilton so there's lots of different kind of uh categories of cheese that you can you can attack um but what we have decided to focus on is um things that were missing from the market mm-hmm. so we uh, when we started manufacturing our own products about 18 months ago we already were working with you know the best uh, plant-based cheese makers in the country and in Europe. Um so we already had some, you know, weird and wonderful and fantastic alternatives and we didn't really want to just Copy them and steal market share, and and, you know, kind of uh, offend our lovely suppliers. And we wanted to focus on things that were not existing in the market or weren't readily available. Um, And we knew from customer, you know, customers coming into our shop in shoreditch or people typing in things in our website that wasn't resulting any in any uh, search terms. We knew what customers wanted, um, possibly better than anyone else. And so so we thought, yeah, I didn't know you could capture that information. Yeah, well, I I used to be a data scientist. Oh, did you? So we. have like full Google Analytics uh, tracking and and sort of integrations and things, so I, I have a look at the answers are always in the data. Yeah, not in a <laughs> creepy way, but I do find people. Yes, um, and you know anecdotally as well, we we've, we've served like I think twenty thousand customers via our shop and our cheese cellar. Wow. Uh, we have a wine bar beneath our shop, so we know from speaking to people we know what they they're looking for. And the general consensus was, I can get a melty toasty cheese. I can get something that goes on my pizzas. I can get that for like two pounds or three pounds from the supermarket. If I'm coming to a specialist cheese shop, just like with a you know an artisanal dairy cheesemonger I'm not coming here because I, I want something that goes on my pizza. I want something special. I want something different. I want a stinky blue. I want yes. a truffle infused camembert. Um, that must be so hard to recreate. Yeah. It was a bit like, that's great because if we can do it, that's great USP as a business. But God damn, those are the most difficult things to, yeah. <laughs> to to make. So it's taken us quite a while to go from having that initial recipe and having those ideas. We want to create a mold-ripened brie. We want to create a meltable camembert uh, that's truffle-infused. Mm. Um, to go from initial recipes to something that is scalable, where we can be sort of pumping out thousands of units a week to supply Waitrose, for example, and Planet Organic, has been quite a, a journey. And it's, it is a difficult one. Cheese is a really difficult product to... Um, uh, we don't have 10,000 years of like accidental research yeah. to lean on. You know, there's even in even dairy cheese is is difficult to produce. And that's with tens of thousands of years of research. So it's completely different substrates. It's totally different aging environments. Um, there are probably thousands of variables when they all interact in, in terms of what is going to affect the end product mm-hmm. when it comes to aging and fermenting. So yeah, it's been it's been quite a journey. <laughs> I bet. I, I'm I'm sad we don't have any to try here today. I'm so but sorry. Your car broke down on the way to uh, it, to the it, studio. It me? did. It's uh, yeah. I'm hoping it's fixable, but it's it was totally some dead. Cheese by the side of the M25 <laughs> yeah. <five> It's <laughs> like <laughs> waiting sorry. for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah melted. <clears throat> um, yeah, sorry about that. I'll send some, but I can assure you it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so how many do you have in your range? So right now uh, we have for for wholesale. Uh, we have our truffle melting truffle camembert. That's mold ripened, and it's mold ripened with Penicillium candidum. So that's exactly the same mold culture that is used Uh, in dairy mm -hmm. brie and and dairy cannabis. Uh, We have our mold ripened brie. Which similar to our camembert, it's uh, penicillium candidum ripened. Uh, then we have two blue cheeses. Uh, one blue cheese is called Brixton Blue, and that's kind of our. It's similar to a, sort of a mix between a Stilton and a Gorgonzola. It's quite mm-hmm. soft, like a Gorgonzola, but it's probably strength-wise is similar to a Stilton. And it's it's got a sort of base recipe, so it's not flavored with anything other than just the mold and cheesy flavors. You know, a bit of nutritional yeast and things mm-hmm. like that, and salt. So it's got like five ingredients basically. But um, we have another product called our Balam Blue. And that, um, if you ever see it, it's bright orange because we, we use annatto, uh, which is a red pepper extract. It's actually in red lesters and yeah. a lot of dairy cheeses. Uh, but we add sweet potato, which is like a superfood wow. um, just to kind of enrich it. And it brings sort of sweet slightly milder blue, almost like a dessert cheese. It's it's really delicious. And it's uh, we've only just released it. you kind of have month. to send us some
2: of these. It's, it's amazing. really good. It's amazing. My I tried it. It is is the idea of
0: this.
3: It's shot up. It's become like one of our best sellers. That's like it? very, very short. What's that and called, Ballon Blue? Ballon and Blue. And but it's then, actually orange. It's bright orange. Uh, and then it. the Brixton Blue <laughs> is a bit uh, more of a plain one, but a, a classic. Uh, and then we have the Shoreditch Smoked, which is an attempt at a cheddar, but it's softer. Yeah. So it's like a smoky cheddar.
0: I think
2: that was my favourite, the Shoreditch yeah. Smoked. It
3: sounds so good, unbelievably
0: we're almost out of time, Steve, I just wanted to ask what what's next
2: for you we are um we're looking at some retail type concepts, more sort of presenting satan within the context of a of a meal, so we're thinking of ourselves as meal makers, yeah. because people walk into supermarkets, thinking about, well, what dishes am I going to cook this week yeah. um, and then they think in terms of dishes so so that's that's something we're developing. Uh, at the moment um, looking for funding actually are you? <laughs> so, um, but yeah so that's that's where, where we're going to go the, the other thing we do we do supply manufacturers I mean for example our pepperoni has been used on a pizza that was sold in Sainsbury's for a while as part of their plant pioneers range and we do have some manufacturing um, opportunities coming up that are really interesting as well but that's not that's not a branded opportunity it's literally us supplying an ingredient into a into a large manufacturer that makes a ready meal or a soup or whatever
0: oh wow. Oh Well, good luck with that. Thank you, that yeah. sounds
3: amazing. And just quickly for you guys, it's scaling up. It's getting bigger. Scaling, scaling. Um, yeah, we are, um, we've are. we recently gone from 25 Waitrose stores to 100. We're about to jump to, I think, 280 or 300 Brilliant. in 10 months. So that's where we can get Fomagerie exactly. from. And it's called yes. Fomagerie. We'll find you yep. in the cheese aisle. Uh, yeah, waitress have actually been really, really bold. Um, they didn't put us in the vegan section. Yeah, they said they these cheeses that. These is are good enough uh, to be uh, alongside dairy uh, counterparts. So, um, well, I that's... love those developments. I like exactly. the way they're doing that. Exactly. They did it yeah. with
0: OGS as well. Their egg yeah. alternative yeah. ended up in the egg aisle, not mm. in the sort of free from or the vegan exactly. aisle. I think yeah. it's otherwise
2: you're smart. not getting in front of the people who are. Uh, you're not going to convert sort of anyone. No. You're yeah. Not. yeah. I mean,
0: you know, from from their point of view, if the whole point of view is to try and get people to eat fewer animal products. Mm-hmm. If you're only talking to vegans, well, they're already not eating animal products. You've got to actually get people who are flexitarians to to start
3: taking it on. That's why we try not to use the word, you know, vegan and and sort of uh, go on about the animal rights or the environmental issues uh, about it too much. Because we don't want to alienate people. We we don't want people, you know, like you've you've said today, you're flexitarian, you're kind of a conscious consumer. And we don't want to put the message out that that is in any way worse than being vegan. Because a little bit of something is still better than nothing. nothing. Mm. And we're all just trying, you know, I mean, I smoke, I'm not perfect. Everyone's busy and everyone's juggling. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, if if, I would love to see in a few years time is if someone would go into the supermarket and think i'm going to have a christmas cheese board i'm going to get my goat's cheese my sheep cheese my cow cheese and my almond cheese and not think of it as a vegan product you know and it stands alongside all the other um you know milk-based cheeses hopefully that's the future exactly and that's where we want to get to so
0: that (laughs) is fantastic well thank you so much that's so interesting Um, You've been listening to the Food Talk Show, which is syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield as well as being available on the podcasting app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter Els, Hale and to our guests Steve and Charlotte. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. We'll make sure we upload lots of links and things like that on our website and feature you guys in the um, Food Heroes section on our website. So have a look at our to find out more information. And to listeners, if you want to syndicate our lovely programme for free on your radio station, just get in touch with us at hello at foodtalk.co.uk. And you can go to our website and listen to hundreds of past podcasts on topics from snail farming to beekeeping and everything else in between. Anyway, have a good week. Goodbye.